The podcast episode you are about to hear is an account of the viewing experiences which befell a trio of 30-something-year-old men, in particular Michael Dixon and his trash film friend John. It is all the more tragic in that they are talking about the first entry in a franchise that declines in quality as it progresses. But, had they watched many, many more of the entries in this franchise, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the madness, macabre, and violence fumbled by big studios. The experience of that movie would lead to a discussion of one of the most beloved and lauded indie horror darlings in the annals of American horror cinema, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Welcome to Afterthoughts, the podcast where we give you your thoughts after we have watched something. We're going to talk about a movie tonight. Uh, we're starting our spooky Halloween season. Ooh, um, spooky. Put the bats yeah. in there. Ooh, yeah. A little lightning strike. <laughs> oh, there they go. Shit. <laughs> I am your host tonight, Ryan King. Uh, and joining me are our regulars, John Garcia. Hey, I, we're going to talk about a Texas chainsaw massacre that happened in yes. wisconsin or something i don't fucking remember what <laughs> where did it really happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh the other voice you heard earlier michael dixon what's up guys yeah excited to uh record with you guys this week we've been off for a couple weeks so it's good to get back in the old podcast chair good to rev it up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a little bit to get started yeah mm-hmm. i'm gonna pull it a few times uh 1974 do i have the date right that's correct texas yep. chainsaw massacre what happened was true. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! This is the movie that is just as real, just as close, just as terrifying as being there. Even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. One of the first slashers, and I would say technically the thing that kicked off the slasher genre. uh, Very much independent, very much exploitive. uh, Gory, question mark, not necessarily uh, violent based on a true story where it's not based on a true story i was trying to look up when the first like based on a true story things really started happening mm-hmm. um and definitely by this point they become really common that everything is based on some true story um when it's not <laughs> it's gonna have some exploitation title to it adapt exploitation or i don't even know what it is <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah. how like that for some people that just hooks them and makes them like the movie more even if that's not true at all like like my mom is always like i just love movies that are based on true stories like she'll watch anything that's based on a true story your mom loves texas well no she would never watch this (laughs) (laughs) like they put that tagline in the fucking trailer and my mom is there to go see that movie (laughs) well and i I think it's particularly with these horror movies anything you base on a true story right like i tanya okay it's not exactly yeah yeah (laughs) yeah right Um, that's based on goodfellas 
Yes, yeah, it really is. <laughs> Which is also based on a true story, kind of. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but like those, you 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 give up a bit right going into it. But I feel like the horror movies really try to to, to make you think that this happened or something happened. Uh, and we can get into the myth of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, with all three of us having lived in Texas and probably hearing various interpretations of the myth or where it I'm was I'm always running whatever. across chainsaw massacres like every, like well, at least yeah, once a all week God. Yeah, just stumble across <laughs> a chainsaw massacre can't get on the interstate anymore without one of these busting out somewhere no <laughs> yes. no yeah yeah exactly um so yeah like description of the plot uh some kids in a scooby-doo van yeah some kids in a scooby-doo van are going to look up I guess where this grave robbing is happening to make sure their grandpa wasn't grave robbed. That's mm-hmm. just to get them in the area of these killers. Uh, they pick up a weird hitchhiker dude and learn not to pick up weird hitchhiker dudes. Uh, some, you know, the kind of usual tries, you know, someone tells to tell them not to go around there or whatever kind of stuff. Old man um, at the gas station trope. Yeah. The, yeah. the yeah, harbinger. Yes. The uh, harbinger, yeah, harbinger of doom. Uh, for whatever reason, they wander into someone else's house one by one by one by two and get murdered <laughs> uh, for whatever then, reason yeah yeah, yeah in, in various horrible ways by a man with a chainsaw well they thought mostly. the swimming hole was inside the house like, yeah yeah once it's they just got the most course. obvious yeah. i mean hey do you know where the swimming hole is yeah <laughs> look man ramps lead places okay you gotta go yeah. up the ramp <laughs> uh to their credit there is a massacre not to their credit there's only one chainsaw killing in this movie <laughs> <laughs> technically uh but a lot of chainsaw usage and chasing yeah. Um, so we'll kind of we'll kind of go around, I guess, and give our initial impressions. Uh, I'll just say um, this is like my second time watching it, like all the way through. I think um, you know, I like slasher films. This one has like a very rough early feel um, that going back to it this time, I kind of appreciate having seen more horror movies, how just like basically this one gets it done without trying to do too much um it doesn't really do the jump scare thing that later movies are really into um the soundtrack is just weird noises yeah Um, (laughs) honestly yeah which which really works like i think it really works and some of those noises get like overused in other movies later um the fast shots and snaps at the beginning which totally reminded me of like seven the like just like pictures of something horrible um, the set design for this being all on like $9 of budget, um, they just hang shit everywhere, but it works like kind of that, like dilapidated crazy design scheme of everything. Like it works. Um, and you know, it's like, it's watchable. It does feel disturbing. And honestly, I think it's only the scene around the dinner table and the subsequent like fight. slow hammering or whatever that goes on that's really really unsettling um that that's interesting i feel like what makes this work where another just like independent basic we kill everybody kind of movie doesn't work which john you and i've seen so many of of um there is a thematic build around this around the idea of the butcher the slaughterhouse the sort of idea of like what does the pig or cow think in that situation or what does it feel like to them 
And if you kind of get into that view of it, of like, oh, these this other I can't comprehend that just kills me and I don't know why. And they just seem unexplainable. Like it does give it an interesting sort of lens to look through. Uh, that's about the only that's about it. It's pretty thin. <laughs> I'll admit, but that's about it. Um, yeah. And I like I enjoyed it again um, on this watch. Um, you know, it's it's almost more of a historical watch than necessarily like, oh, this is a great movie. Um, but yeah, John, what are your what are your thoughts? Um, I really liked it. This is my first time seeing Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I'm not super big into slashers or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have any one like particular genre though that I over index on like wanting to see. And I never, and I've been working my way through some of the more classic horror stuff. Like last year I did, you know, Hellraiser, like all of it. Um, I don't think I'm going to do all of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's uh, a bit too much that. for me for a tall order. Um, They've I, remade it like two times, I think. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of sequels. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of more like, I watched the first one, I watched the second one immediately after I watched the first one, and I was kind of like, all right, cool, I got what I needed, I think, and I'm kind of done. Um, I enjoyed it. I found it really atmospheric. Uh, it, it's one of those things where like, horror is one of the cheapest genres to shoot in and to make, and part of that is, you probably don't have to pay a whole lot when you just want bones from like the local butcher or something when they're done with it <laughs> or uh, any of these kind of like dilapidated walls and decomposing houses. You definitely don't have to pay a lot of money to find a house that's been foreclosed on somewhere and break in and shoot it. Not saying that they did. Uh, I just don't borrow a skeleton from your local middle school and <laughs> yeah, hang it from yeah. the ceiling. Yeah. Honestly, easy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make some disturbing shit with it. Uh, I I didn't know what to expect. Um, I didn't think that I was just going to see very plainly a bunch of teenagers. Sorry, teenagers in quotes. Uh, they're college kids. Yeah, they're definitely they're. not teenagers. Yeah, I yeah. think they're supposed to be, but like every movie, they're every, not actually teenagers. Yeah, they're they're a and bunch also of everyone in teenagers. the 70s. Yeah, everyone in the seventies looks a lot older than they are. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Vietnam 60s War just took a big toll on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I can think of a few shots that I really liked in it uh, that kind of spoke to me as I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, like the the approach shot after the first dude gets killed uh, where the other lady is like walking up to the house and you got that cool the camera goes shot. under the bench. Yeah, yeah. It was so fucking cool. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? And it just gets quiet. Um, also just seeing that dude get hit in the head with a hammer and flop around on the ground for a second was like real fucked up. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) Oh God. Like I just had a visceral reaction to it. So there were definitely parts that got me, um, that made it feel like a farm animal killing. Yeah, it really did. It it did just such a good job of setting it up to earlier. They talked about that in the movie and everything. So I felt like it did a really good job with what it has to set that up. And I could definitely see it being like, we're just doing this for the atmosphere and for the shock value of it. But it still was really powerful, whereas a lot of the schlock that I've seen that tries to do that, it, it you can tell it's playing on like, oh, the audience already knows that this is bad, so we're going to do that thing, and then they're going to feel bad about it. But this actually goes the extra mile to make you feel unsettled, to make you feel disturbed. Um, and watching the family interact at the end of it, too, is just fucked up. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I would go back and watch it again. Uh, I've got it on 4K and it looked oh, nice. fucking gorgeous, except for can't see shit at night because, you know, that's just yeah. night shots, but yeah. still good. I appreciate they didn't try to shoot a day for night thing for that. It would have sucked. I, I don't know. So yeah, that was that was how I felt about it. What about you, Dixon? That's interesting. Uh, real quick before I dive into it, I watched yeah. it on a Blu-ray and I they came with a 4K like six months ago and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, but it was shot in 16. So I was like, I don't know 
if it would really be worth it. But the Blu-ray transfer was fucking impeccable. Like mm. it looked really great. And I'm sure like a lot of the big bright daytime shots would look really good on 4K, but mm -hmm. you think it's worth the uh the 4K? Uh, I mean I just I picked it up because got the second one as well. So oh, okay. I can't really say if the Blu-ray and the 4 yeah, I can't really say if the Blu-ray and the 4K do are at odds in any quality loss, but I mean, if you want to lend me the Blu-ray, I'll watch both of them side by side and see what goes on. <laughs> Blu-ray looks great. So, uh, you know, don't need to watch it in 4K to enjoy it. But um, uh, yeah, I, I like this movie. I think uh, like, it takes a long time to get going. Um, but once it gets going, it gets fucking going uh, real hard. Mm -hmm. um, this was such a weird, like dissonant watching experience for me because you have some of the best filmmaking techniques that i have seen in a long time as far as the cinematography is is beautiful and really affecting the editing is incredible and the the score if you can call it that that hooper like co-wrote it's just a bunch of weird ass noises that just like put you on the edge of your seat and sound terrifying all of that works incredibly well um the acting is fucking atrocious <laughs> like i don't think any of these people had ever acted before i don't know i'm just no. saying that because i can't imagine that they had because dear god the acting was horrible um you could argue that like the weird cannibal family is like kind of fun weird in a campy way but like like the scene with the hitchhiker dude is just hard to watch like mm -hmm. it's just such bad acting back and forth and um like it's rough until the killing starts happening, but then once that happens, and the kind of the cinematography and editing and the sound take over, and it, the rest of it kind of doesn't matter. Um, also, just a fucking terrible script, like really, really bad <laughs> script, terribly written dialogue. There really is no plot. Um, I do appreciate that it's like they get you to the thing and they do the thing, right? It's like let's take you to the chainsaw massacre and do the chainsaw massacre. Mm -hmm. um, they don't, you know, pad it with extra time. You know, this is like what a 90 minute movie and maybe less than that. And, and, you know, they don't fuck around and do stuff that's unnecessary, except honestly, you, I, you could argue that the first half hour is completely unnecessary. Like uh, yeah. just really to get them to where they need to go. Um, I thought it, like some of the ideas for the concept of the movie were interesting but the specifics of the script were really bad. Um, like the idea, and John, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but kind of tying in, um, you know, a slaughterhouse with human murder and kind of some commentary about, uh, you know, uh, consuming animals and, and things like that, that I, I thought was interesting in the way they kind of framed it and how like working in a slaughterhouse environment can just desensitize you to violence and you know make you act that way toward your your fellow man i thought that was all really interesting kind of the high concept of the film but the execution of the script jesus christ it was bad um so it was kind of a weird dissonant experience where i'm like there's incredible talent in this movie and just people who never need to be let near a movie set again and uh it, it was it was just an odd experience but um you know, thankfully, most of the bad stuff is earlier in the movie, and the latter half of the movie is just kind of a crazy ride and, and works really well. So um, overall, I had a good time with it. I was pretty impressed by it for, you know, the shoestring budget that they had. I had seen this once before, but it was a long time ago, and I didn't remember a ton from it. Um, even like the ending, the final shot is just so cool. And the way I like that it just kind of ends abruptly, and it doesn't it's almost kind of a cliff cliffhanger. Like you don't necessarily know if the protagonist is okay and escapes or if she's just like 
getting into the truck bed of some other crazy maniac and, and dealing yeah. with more things. So, um, yeah, o- overall, I, I, I liked this a lot. I thought it was, was a fun ride. Uh, if you can get past the atrocious acting and script writing, it's, there's a lot of good stuff there. I would say <clears throat> people that were on that set were learning, Dixon. They were learning <laughs> how to call out for their friends. Her! Her! How many times can we yell Kirk in a row and not say any other words? How many times can we invade somebody's home and yell, anybody there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. A lot of, uh, a lot of decisions that are made against uh, what would be better judgment. Yeah. Um, that was I- actually like the one bad editing in the movie. It was like, really? We're just going to sit here on these people yelling names and like standing yeah. at the door of this house forever. Like you couldn't cut some of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do have to say, like, for at least for me, the first hour or the first setup of the, the, the long setup with the van ride and the hitchhiker and all that mm. was really to establish that I have mixed feelings about these kids. And I honestly wouldn't feel that bad if I saw them die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of how I approached it. Because after a while, I was like, oh my God, Franklin, we get it. You have a pocket knife. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, Where's we my get it. Your friends Hey, do you guys think I this sound means something knife. on this yeah. van? You think that man's going to come back for me? That, that's you think called, he's following us? <laughs> it's called an ad lib. When somebody goes, just make shit up. We've got enough film. Yeah. Just keep it rolling. There's a director just like keep over there, like just rolling his hand. Like, keep uh-huh. going, keep going, keep going. Honestly, the only thing that I thought would come back was Franklin talks about his beloved pocket knife missing. And how like his, is it his sister or whoever she is might have it? Yeah. And then she's like, I don't fucking have your knife. And at one point she's being like, she's struggling for something. And I was like, she's going to grab the knife. She's going to remember she had it. She just fucking, it's one of those things where it's in your pocket and you forgot. <laughs> uh, and then she just doesn't like it. None of, none of that happens. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, like no, why no. did we have this five minute back and forth over nothing? Like, just fuck it. Why did we watch <laughs> Franklin try to get onto the porch? If not to just make <laughs> accessibility requirements front of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> like i was like the cold open of the movie is great like where yes. they're doing yeah. the like the the weird montage you're not really sure necessarily what images you're seeing and then they do the radio broadcast and show this corpse that has been ex- excavated and and like the face peeled off and the, just it's like an effigy onto this grave and it's like yeah. you know I don't, is that the face that leatherface is wearing i don't know possibly but that stuff like at the very beginning is really good and then for yeah. 30 minutes you're like wait a minute what are we what are we doing where did we go yeah it's like so a, the, it's like a bad tarantino film just <laughs> hanging yeah. out in a van with some hippies. Just hanging out um <laughs> that open with the radio like, talking about this like quote based on a true story mm-hmm. um they fade from the radio story about finding these corpses and there being grave robbers which is kind of like setting up some of this for us to other real radio stories and so the radio kind of just keeps going and it's just like other fucked up shit in the world like it just keeps like a litany of like fucked up things mm-hmm. um which i do feel like you know one th- one thing to kind of talk about a little bit is like 70s horror movies that are kind of this like rejection of like the classic american system or rejection of the church rejection of the nuclear family um and this one has some of that right of sort of like this like family that's here is horrible (laughs) that we see but that leads to this feeling at the beginning of reality of like hearing the radio story and hearing these other things even though it's like what is the county of muerto 
and like there's stuff where they'll say something offhand where you're like okay that's like such bullshit <laughs> <laughs> right right next to something else that you're like oh you have to like have to laugh it off but yeah they lead in with these like weird imagery and a radio story and it kind of like sinks you into it there's the voiceover at the beginning like talking about like the horror that these children shouldn't possibly have seen um kind of like getting you set in the mood it is kind of a whiplash to then just be like in a van talking to a weirdo but it does mm. it is unsettling like mm. that whole like the first few people you meet like they stop at the gas station they pick up the hitchhiker everyone is just weird like yep. you just you have this like unsettling feeling of like how strange they are and how weird they are and the hitchhiker just even from the beginning is strange but once he starts like cutting himself with a knife and like voodoo blowing up their picture <laughs> he took yeah. my picture yeah <laughs> he stole um, my soul <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you really think he done stole my soul <laughs> shut <Yeah>. up franklin <laughs> they, they and they love they go past the slaughterhouse and then it, it pans back to the cows and like zooms in on the cows <laughs> yeah yeah y'all want some head cheese <laughs> yeah oh, god <laughs> Yeah, just the hitchhiker talking about how uh, they 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 he was like lamenting that they got rid of the old fashioned killing way. Yeah, <laughs> the no how... country for old men gun. Yes, <laughs> too efficient. Yeah, the old way with a sledge. <laughs> See, that was better. They died better that way. How come? I, I thought the gun was better. Oh no, no, with the. New way people put on a job. You need to really <laughs> feel the it. life leave the cow when you beat him with a sledgehammer. I swear yeah. he describes that gun the exact same way they do in No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh my, do they lift this word from word? <laughs> of all the scripts to steal from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was that that part. I would love to hear that guy's thoughts on No Country for Old Men and Javier Bardem. <laughs> he he ain't a real killer. I show yeah. you the real old killer. ways when we used to kill people with <laughs> sledgehammers. That was the best way. <laughs> um, yeah, that whole that ride was very unsettling. Partly because uh, that dude was doing unsettling shit in front of those teenagers, but the other part was the teenagers themselves were just talking about weird shit too. Like yeah. they were just like zodiac oh, yeah. stuff. And, yeah. Uh, I had like multiple flashbacks. Not only did I have the no country for old men speech, but in that van, she starts reading off all the shit, like the fucking astrologer. Yeah, you had an astrologer (laughs) flashback. You're like angular Neptune in conjunction with. (laughs) I honestly was pretty bored during the whole van ride. Like it's kind of unsettling, but like I felt like all the characters were just not interesting. I didn't give a shit about what anybody had to say. Even the weird guy, I kind of got bored of him pretty quickly. And I was like, I get it. He's weird. Honestly, like, that sounds like the most immersive experience in a van ride. That that's, a could give. that's a good point. That's a good point. It's just yeah. you're like, I'll put my headphones on if I can hold, <laughs> until we, you wake me when we get to grandpa's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me know. <laughs> when we get to the vacant house that like for some reason they are like, are they planning to stand to stay the night at this house with no furniture? Like, what, what's the game plan here? Yeah, around? we get just the tiniest amount of reason that they're here um and it's unclear 
how any of them know each other. At least two of them, it's their grandpa, right? Question mark. I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. the blonde and uh, wheelchair guy are Franklin, yeah. Are, uh, yeah. yeah, because she goes with the cop to go look at the grave and she comes back and says it's fine. And then he knows about the house and where the river supposedly is, but Which, isn't because no one ever fucking cop? gets to that river. I, I have to stop you because yeah, I don't know. a random dude in a plaid shirt just rolls up to that lady and goes howdy ma'am i'll take it from here and grabs her firmly by the arm and escorts her somewhere and i was like is he gonna murder her and her friends just don't care like most certainly yeah this is how the massacre starts um so yeah and then that's it like we know their names we know two of them are a couple and then the rest of it is it's just not important um which i'm like trying to think about it i'm like i think we get like Slightly more background in Friday the 13th on those on the campers than we get here. Like, there's just really no uh, no effort put into it because it's just not a, like this movie doesn't care. Like, that's not what it's no. here for. It, yeah. it, it is absolutely exploitive. It's like, let's kind of roll in. Let's get them into a weird situation. Let's get things kind of creepy and get you in the mood. And then it's like, and then let's just fuck with you, the audience, through, through everything else. Because definitely once they wander off and that first kill where he yeah he gets hit by the hammer and just like writhes on the ground mm-hmm. uh and then you see leatherface and try to figure out like what the fuck he is and he's wearing um and then through the whole movie every time you see him he, he's like got a different face on and like a wig and an apron and lipstick and like every time you see him it's something else and you're like the fuck is going on with that guy <laughs> uh which is why he's become like an enigmatic you know horror icon is because it it is just an easy it looks weird right off the bat. It's a little unsettling and you never understand what or why yeah. like he's doing what he's doing. And he just makes weird ass groans and And he has like pig sounds and, and shit in the yeah. background. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Just like a pig squealing always happens when he's on screen. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, very unsettling. And then there's yeah, the whole chicken room. You know, that whole yeah, house yeah. is that just that house like is a, nuts. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> why do you so the the couple that is looking for the swimming hole and they come across this house and they haven't found the swimming hole yet. Okay, they they spend time knocking on this door like, oh, okay, maybe we can buy some gas from them or yeah. something. And like nobody comes to the door, pokes his head in, he sees some terrifying skulls on a blood red wall and he's like, you know what? Maybe I should and just like, yeah, wander cool. on in here and keep asking if someone is home. Just trespass into this house and that is clearly full of violent people and uh, you know i'm sure it'll be fine they'll just point me to the uh, local watering hole that's the thing of like you walk into a house and you see dilapidated wallpaper you know that whoever is there you know this isn't your moment like oh somebody could be depressed in here i could save their <laughs> life by showing up it's like nah this place is abandoned whoever squats here they'll turn a knife on you and be like, you hear from my property <laughs> like yeah. uh, immediately. Yeah. And I was, yeah, that whole wall of heads also like, doesn't one of the other dudes, I'm just going to say his name is chip. Cause he looked like a chip. <laughs> he's just going to show up <laughs> and he's like, Hey, Bethany, Kirk, are you here? And then he goes, huh. stop fucking around yeah. guys. It's a big old wall full of dead heads. That's impressive. <laughs> he like wanders into the fucking Again, slaughter kitchen. Again, not the swimming hole where yeah. they said they were going, but he's just convinced <laughs> that they have to be at that house for some reason. That guy follows up. There's a knock coming from inside a freezer and he's like, right, I gotta yeah. open that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- this is just like one of those, what's that um, That bullshit, I don't know if it's bullshit, but that thing that they use as a scientific crutch in M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening where they're like, oh, you smell this gas from trees and it makes that 
part of your brain that says don't kill yourself flip <laughs> off so you kill yourself it's like everybody John, in this you're the ha- only one yeah. who's seen that happen. oh that's <laughs> a lie there were mass audiences who were riding the high of signs and all disappointed as well <laughs> saw uh, that shit. stop justifying the fact that you own that on blu-ray <laughs> But yeah, like everybody has their like self-protective senses turned off for this movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do think they are like some of the all-time dumbest characters in the history of. Oh yeah, this does have the like run upstairs to get away. But I will give it the credit of she doesn't know that Leatherface came from that house. So when she runs up the stairs, she thinks she's gonna find someone to help her, and she does jump clear out the window (laughs) to get away from him when she gets the opportunity. You know, um, I would have thought as well that she would have crawled out a window first. That maybe is in one of the other she rooms. She jumps through two plate glass Fucking windows. Flew through yeah, it. Yeah, like honestly. Yeah, and then she does it again a second MVP. time. She yeah. deserved to escape. <laughs> no, I was going to say from, from like what I was talking about earlier of kind of like throwing out, you know, the 70s starting to like throw out some of the older views. I do think there was this idea of like small town friendliness, right? Mm-hmm. Where people didn't lock their doors. You know, I heard about that when I was younger of like, yeah, people don't lock their doors. And then eventually enough horrible things kind of happen that people heard about. I think horrible things were always happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you put lead in your gasoline and you drive your cars all yeah, over the right. open country in small towns. <laughs> yes, everybody's lead. Also, you have the local news that just becomes like... Three murders happened this evening when a local insane person killed three teenage girls. And yeah, yeah. You just end yeah. up with uh, sensationalism. And it, you get some high profile murders and a broader news reach through the times into the 60s. And you, you start to get this unsettling feeling of like someone is going to come get me. Right. And we start to see that pop up in these horror movies. And so I do have the feeling that like this movie is kind of giving you that like, yeah, small towns are fucking creepy. <laughs> and like you think you can trust your neighbors, but like look at these neighbors. Like you. Could, could you you couldn't possibly trust them in any way they're just yeah. horribly fucked up um but yeah no, you can't the, even the trust your local barbecue joint yeah yeah who can yeah. we trust yeah like you might order some brisket and you end up getting some some human thigh meat <laughs> you just don't um, know you end up smoking on your finger sausage like franklin <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. Rolling around like Winston Churchill. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I was wheelchair. like, what the fuck is in his mouth? What's going on <laughs> with that? Like... Yeah, anyways, Ryan, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I was going to say we threw that, you know, th- throwing those kind of out the window. Talking about, yeah, talking about the editing, I think that's one of the things that really makes this seem much more violent and scary. Um, yeah, for sure. Because it's, it does sort of use somewhat the Hitchcock, like, cutaway from Psycho. Um, that one's a whole bunch of quick edits. There's a lot of psycho influence on this movie for sure. Yeah. There are these really kind of like quick edits right before something visceral happens and your mind kind of continues the shot. Like the timings are kind of like fucked up from a natural edit and your mind kind of finishes the shot without actually seeing what happens. Um, or there's a zoom in on something and then it cuts away. And, and yeah, a lot of that, adds to this unsettlingness that just even from like watching something would be unsettling, but also it being in this like disturbing action scene where it cuts in all these weird ways just adds to it. Yeah, definitely. The the editing is, is incredible in this. Like there's a lot of fast paced cuts and the way that they pull in just random terrifying images and kind of cut them together. And you're not really sure necessarily what's going on in parts, but it's just 
like a visceral experience. Um, and like the scene where the, you know, final survivor is in the, the home of the weird cannibals and they're like strap her to a chair and they're taunting her and like eating human flesh next to her and she's freaking out and they keep zooming in on her eye and like she, her eyes yeah. darting around the room and they cut back and forth from that to what she's seeing and kind of her reaction in her eye. And it's just, it's really well done the way, the way they edit the whole film together, except for those long scenes of them shouting for their friends into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> just way too long. The whole, the whole family scene. Yeah. That's, I really think because that goes on. So yeah, really, I was like the, the turn is she gets away from Leatherface to the gas station and then just dragged right back into it. Um, because their gas station, but yeah, everyone in this town is on this almost is what it feels like. Um, but now we realize this is a whole family and not just one crazy guy wearing leather on his face. Uh, and yeah, they have her strapped to the chair, having this mm-hmm. fucked up family dinner. And yeah, they're fucking with her. And it really is like even the scene before when she jumps out the window and she's like fucked up and, you know, running and injured. The absolute like horror she has when she gets to the gas station, like convinced it's going to happen, like can't even talk like out of breath. And then when old man what he has a name i can't remember no no no. grandpa's the other even older very just the gas station guy the gas station guy it's like sawyer sorry not robert forrester (laughs) definitely not robert forrester Forrester. (laughs) it's spelled differently (laughs) i was gonna say he's he's billed as old man in this one and cook in the second one but he actually has a name and they say it (laughs) i can't but they just bill him that way for whatever reason um he he starts he like comes back with like the rope in the bag and she's like oh no this is fucked up like whatever it is and she fucking fights him off until he starts hitting her and there's so it's always these like very drawn out visceral things that are happening right it takes multiple hits with the hammer like there's this you know these fights these struggles and she's actually trying to fight back and struggle and does some like get some back, which I also think is really in Halloween. That was one thing I always like appreciate about the first Halloween is Laurie Strode fucking fights mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of that. Right. And that feels so much more realistic than so many of these other horror movies where they just like fucking run off and then they just, just go like, like full do hysterical yeah. and don't try to do, don't anything. do anything. They're just yeah. screaming forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just sort of get that scene from there of like, it just constantly being like, what are they going to do to her? When is this going to end? What, more crazy thing could happen. Certainly by the time they wheel grandpa down the stairs. And even if the makeup on that's pretty questionable, and it's <laughs> yes. what's going on there. It is still fucked up. <laughs> I thought for the longest time that he was dead and they were just right. keeping him around. And he then he started like moving. And, oh my God. What the fuck? Didn't he have, was it, was it like grandma up there with him when she discovered, I feel like there were two people in yeah, that room. There's a grandma. There. Yeah, there's a grandma. They didn't there. bring her down for dinner. Just grandpa. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. The second one is in the second movie. That. Ryan knows. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah John and I can talk about uh, the the sequel, I guess, <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, the second one kind of like plays a little bit more with the family a, a little bit longer, um, and like vaguely attempts to give some minor amount of backstory. But yeah, the mom is also in that one, and they seem way more obsessed with chainsaws versus it. In this one, it just almost seems like. Uh, he just has a chainsaw. Like he just uses that as part of yeah. his thing, and he just happened to have that, and that's what he ran out with. 
um, where the next the next movie is very chainsaw obsessed. <laughs> yes. Well, the next movie is also a canon film, which means quality. Right. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. We gave there in. We gave yeah. in completely into the. Was insanity. Hooper involved with any of the sequels? Yes, Hooper directed the sequel. Oh, okay. Um, he directed the sequel, and then he like is mainly like either produced or ha- or had nothing to do with it because the rights got completely fucking nuts. This is uh, one of those movies where who what who owned it who who could use what parts of it got way screwed up. Yeah. Which is the same thing with Friday the 13th. It took a long time to get that sorted out as well. Um, See, so yeah, the second one is very tonally different. <laughs> Just Agreed. that it's hard to understate <laughs> yes. how <laughs> tonally is it different like a it musical is. or something. It's what like are we a talking comedy. About it's, just it's much so more comedic. Absurd yeah. And fucking weird. And Dennis uh, Hopper's in it. Oh, okay. I'm and interested. <laughs> half half of it is Dennis Hopper running around screaming with chainsaws. I'll take you to hell. And then yeah, yeah. It's something. just it's just Dennis Hopper. Like they were like, and you can tell it's a canon film tactic. They were like, we need a big name. Let's get Dennis Hopper to come into this and be uh, a cowboy sheriff or whatever the fuck. He's some law enforcement. It's like an ex marshal. Yeah, he's Franklin's. Uh, uncle brother brother something <laughs> so he's related to franklin and he's, he's like, somehow related to franklin he's been trying to avenge his brother's death for 14 years since the texas chainsaw massacre happened that's his whole backstory and they ramp up his whole dramatic stakes and you're like oh dennis hopper's gonna be in it and then he's fucking gone for like oh, a he solid disappears chunk for a significant chunk. Then he I'm comes back in with chainsaws. <laughs> just I'm disappointed this. that he's not a cannibal. That seems right up his alley. No, I thought Dennis he was going to be helping. As a crazy cannibal would be yeah. perfect. He does, like, that's he typecasting, does, yeah. really. <laughs> yes. He has this like weird chainsaw obsession. There's a whole scene where he's like, He's like going to buy chainsaws and try out chainsaws and he goes to try it out and he's just like wailing on a tree and the guy that runs the chainsaw store is like turned on. The horniest Texan I've ever seen for a chainsaw. (laughs) He's like, well, sir, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And then Dennis Hopper takes three chainsaws and he's carrying around three chainsaws, like two on his side and one in his hands at the end of the movie. Yeah. It it gets quite crazy. As you can tell, it was a tonal departure from... (laughs) Some uh, teens who went to the watering hole and got chainsawed. <laughs> I had never seen the second one. This was my first watching of the second one. The first line of the movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, is hook em horns. What? <laughs> yes. It, it happens it on like place, OU <laughs> Texas. It takes weekend. place on OU weekend and, oh and constantly God. references the Texas OU game and various. This is very timely then. It. Yeah, honestly. Yes. It's great. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, this was, will probably post after the game, but we're recording. Yeah. But we I was like, this is amazing. The, yeah. Also, it doesn't uh, make Longhorns look good from that dude no. that says hook 'em horns. He's a piece of shit. It opens the movie with some piece of shit UT guy. Well, you know, like, yeah, we, have, too... we have those, unfortunately. Yeah, Camel. they're like shooting yeah. a gun out the window and just shooting shit as they drive by. <laughs> like rich Texan from the Simpsons kind of thing. Yeah, yes, yeah, and they're shooting yeah. signs that say like the Battle of San Jacinto and the Battle of the Alamo. <laughs> 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 yes. Shooting them with guns. Remember the Alamo. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. that. They like play chicken with another truck which then comes back later and turns out that that truck happened don't to spoil be it ryan leatherface <laughs> or something yeah well no this is like the first fucking five minutes <laughs> it's a great movie okay it, was, um, it yeah. deserves to be seen do they at least it, chop up some ou fans no no, no. They, they show a band go by in the distance and they don't even chop the band yeah up. i would actually say there's maybe fewer killings than the first movie, but they're all way more, they're canned up because they actually have Tom Savini as well. So the effects work oh, uh, hell yeah. is a lot more See the dude from there. The Thing? 
No, he's done. He's, uh, well, he's the Friday the Thirteenth was his first thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he had several the Friday the Thirteenths and a lot of yeah, very. I don't know if he. I don't know if he did this the thing. But Dude, yeah, a lot of thro- fucking killer if Leatherface ran out onto the field during OU weekend and, <laughs> and I mean literally dance, killer dance and nobody realizes what's happening. <laughs> That's like part the of climax the of Texas Chainsaw 2. That was an interesting <laughs> halftime show this year. It's a bit, yeah, bit off brand. Comes out and he just fucking dances. And Guess it is October. So, <laughs> we've got a chainsaw twirler this year. Folks. And now it appears yeah. there's a naked <laughs> chainsaw twirler on the field. <laughs> really risking it all out there. <laughs> Uh, the, there are so many things I could talk about in that second one. <laughs> yes, I'm sure there are. <laughs> because there, there, it's watch got the so much one, right? more going on. Yes. Uh, the second one I, I do, I'm like, it is something else entirely. It is not like this Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's more aligned with the, the slashers that come afterwards, mm-hmm. where it kind of has like, there's a, plot that we're going through we're, we're establishing some things we're we're yeah. finding it out as we go That's and then there's like funny things that happen like among the horror dennis hopper's like trying to help the girl get up out of something and he just grabs something nearby him and it's a skeleton arm and the, so the hands of the skeleton is like reaching down for her to grab onto and she grabs the skeleton's hand it's like that kind of like dark humor visual gags yeah and visual gags yeah i would say like the second one i talked to somebody um recently who um was telling me they would just watch the second one and they were like i i did not like it i didn't enjoy it at all uh and i think that it's when you come in from the first one and how strong the atmosphere and the tone and what it's trying to do are and you expect that the second one is going to be that same thing you're going to be disappointed. The mm. score is a lot more by the numbers in the second one. Yeah, it's a regular oh, score. Yeah. And so there's there's way more of like, you can tell when the movie's trying to make you feel a certain way. The other thing is the second one has, as like exploitative and kind of like packed as it can be for a canon film, had way more sexuality than I expected. Oh. Yeah. And way more awkward. So Dixon, picture if you will, Leatherface is about to saw a woman in half. And, okay. Uh, she starts saying you're you're good you're a good boy like you're good and and slowly as he he edges his blade uh towards the crotchal region of the woman um she continues to tell him that he's the best and he makes full eye contact with her and like licks his weird leather face lips and Mm. they have like that sequence and she also he's just gotten done chainsawing a full igloo like cooler Full uh, for of no beers reason? and sodas, really so she's yeah. just like soaking wet. <laughs> yes, yeah, sprayed all over her. Is like, oh yeah, you're good. You're the best. And he just gets so revved up, literally, <laughs> in his chainsaw that he runs out of the room and doesn't know what to do with himself. And I was like, I am so glad I didn't watch this as a kid because one, I'd be terrified, yeah. and I'd also have some weird awakening that would Very fuck me confused. up. <laughs> like, just could not. <laughs> Are they trying to say that, like, oh, he never had like a mother that loved him, and that's why he he chainsaws people, and like he just needed some. No. I just think that it's like sexual repression of the chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just the, the sort of like him being a a simple, you know, or whatever issues, mental issues he has, and then. Yeah, the, the dad is the only figure he seems to have, which is fucking... Mm-hmm. If you, if you want to have the, that same exact actor, the dad, yelling over and over again how much of a fuck-up <laughs> yeah. his, his boys are, 
Oh boy, that's like half the second movie. <laughs> it, it is. It's a much um, more of a Three Stooges uh, portrayal yes. of the family. <laughs> I can uh, but see yeah, that. No, I think like you the... kind of get that in the first one a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little Three bit. Stooges vibe. But also, his sons are doing exactly what he wants them to be doing. Like they're following in their dad and grandfather's footsteps and mercilessly murdering cattle and human alike. Um, you know, I don't he gets know. angry it that they're kind of shitty at it. Like they fuck up his door. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, not that grandpa fault. is as good as he used to be, even though they keep letting him try. He's and, a legend, you know, one hit wonder. They, yeah. they give him like 12 cracks at it. I just keep putting the hammer back in his hand and keep watching him drop it into the bucket. It's only so many mulligans you can give an old man before, uh, you know, it's just time to put yeah. him out to pasture. I will Get say a grandpa, the you're the best. <laughs> yeah, the worst thing about the second one is that they pretty much just redo that whole scene. They do. With wheeling out the grandpa and having him take the hammer and all that. And mm. at that point, like especially having just watched the first one, I'm like, yeah, right. like well, <laughs> they do it, but they do it in a Tim Burton-esque set where it's not yeah. just a oh, house. Yeah. It's an underground funland that's clearly an abandoned carnival that they've turned into a bone circus. I don't fucking know what the that is, but yeah, like, that sounds like not the whole table is like made of, of people, the and yeah. the yeah. chairs are all like gigantic skeletal gothic structures, and you're like, uh, how did this yeah, family do Christmas any of this? lights all like everywhere? Yeah, I yeah, do like I mean, Dennis Hopper runs in and he sees a skeleton in the wheelchair and immediately assumes that his it's his brother slash nephew. Um, oh. <laughs> And then he runs by, like, through the course of the next, like, 10 minutes, two more wheelchairs and corpses. That <laughs> I was like, how does he not, how does he know which one is his? Like, or does it just yeah. make him remember? I don't know. There's and a I'm lot like, of why questions. would he be here anyway? Yeah, I even got to that point where I was like, did they take all the bodies from their house and then drive them all the way to <laughs> question mark near Dallas that they end up? <laughs> somehow watching that movie, I knew. Now I have a little Ryan in my head who fucking says this exact shit to me. This is all your fault, Ryan. I can't watch a movie without being like, why, why, where would they get the bones from? Where's the electricity coming from? Yeah, right. Who's paying the electric bill? It sounds like the most well, unrealistic no, they... thing about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is that anyone, anyone at all would care that Franklin has died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that true. is honestly... <laughs> like, I was the most shocked when I found out that was like the (laughs) core driving for Dennis Hopper. I will say the second one, they established that they make money. Like they have a way (laughs) to make money. Well, they work Uh, at the slaughterhouse, right? And they uh, sell human barbecue. Like maybe, I don't know. But yeah, they sell barbecue. And the second one, they established they have a very successful meat catering business. Yes. And it is, they win chili (laughs) cook-offs. Exotic game. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they won the Texas OU chili cook-off two years ago. Oh my God. (laughs) Like Eric Cartman chili type of thing. Yeah, Scott Tenorman straight up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that is the tonal difference between Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and 1. If you go into it out there, you're expecting the same thing. You're not going to get it. Not at all. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, um, but it's a canon so, film, so you should expect it. When yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it knows it's just completely off the wall at that point. I will say it had one jump scare that actually got me because jump scares don't fucking get me because I just kind of know where we're at. Uh, it where the there's this whole thing with the girl that's on this radio and uh, one of the kids or the the not Leatherface, but would have been the hitchhiker, but it's apparently it's his twin brother or something essentially. Sure. Question mark. I guess he was off at the Vietnam War in the first movie. He went to Vietnam. He talks about Vietnam War fucking him up, and he has a metal plate in his head. Yeah. 
Is, so is this he, Randy Quaid from Christmas? Yeah, vacation? I was just going to yeah, say very of. Randy Quaid of him. <laughs> well, don't go putting all that stuff on my sled, Clark. You know that metal plate in my head? Ah, how can I forget? I had to have it replaced because every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. Uh, he, he is doing this whole fucked up scene where he has her like kind of by herself at the radio station and he's like taunting her and it's weird and, and unsettling or whatever. And they're to the side of it is the room with like all the records in it. And he legitimately like, he's just been walking around like asking things about the radio show and all that for like quite a while. And then he like looks over and he's like, Oh, is this a room where all the records are kept? Like, this is where you keep them. And she's like, yeah. And then fucking Leatherface comes running out of that room, (laughs) which which is like, it's not established that he came here or that this guy is related to him or like anything or how he came in, went in that room, turned off the lights and just sat there for (laughs) 30 minutes waiting (laughs) None of it. So, like, legitimately, I was like, oh, shit, Leatherface is in there. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> See, that I was knew. one of the few times it gets I me. I watched that, and I was like, I fucking know. But they let it go for so long, I forgot about it. I was like, yeah. son of a bitch, <laughs> you did it to me. You got me. But, yeah. That's uh, funny. So, I wanted, I wanted to talk quickly on the, sort of like the, quote, true story this is based on. The impact the movie has had is people still think it is based on, on things. Um, and just, you know, generally kind of the impact it had, you know, culturally from there. So I would say the closest thing this is based on is supposed to be Ed Gein, uh, who technically was not a serial killer, but he was a grave robber. And so I think a lot of the the chunk in this movie with the grave robbing, using those body parts to do whatever fucking weird shit in your house and make make stuff. Um that was something Ed Gein did. Um, was he, he just did... robbing graves to like steal their jewelry and shit? Or no, was he flesh. like doing weird shit with the It was bodies? full flesh. I read the Wikipedia on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was like using them for leather. Yeah. He had like, what is it? Like several lampshades made out of head skulls and oh. like uh, women's. He had a, a shoebox full of vulva. Oh my. This sounds more like Silence of the Lambs kind well, of Well, that's also based on yeah. Ed Gein. Yeah. So yeah, he had like a dress. I think he had made as well, like out of skin. So yeah, so the, and and I would say, part of Psycho, it was somewhat on that because there was like his mom, and he kept his mom's dead body too. Right. And so mm-hmm. like Psycho has some basis, you know, from Ed Gein. Silence of the Lambs does Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like he's kind of kept popping up. Um, and I think somewhat, you know, the other things like the Zodiac Killer and you know other killers have then kind of added more to the mythos over time that get borrowed from that is this like obsession with not understanding it right that we try to get some sort of like coming to grips with this thing that we can't understand and using the movies as kind of a some side of catharsis around that uh it is interesting to me that that ed gein pops up because honestly he's a dude that just fucking did some weird shit with graves and then somehow it becomes this like grand myth of a uh, chasing people around with chainsaws or whatever like it got so much more complicated yeah um, well it's I, because he did that weird shit and then he murdered somebody and then they found out he did that weird shit and they like yeah there were like it. two girls or a girl and a guy or something that ended up at his house that he did kill uh and then yeah i kind of just unraveled from there mm-hmm. um i will say i heard as a kid 
Uh, and I and from other people I've talked to, like small town stuff in Texas where it just comes up where they're like, oh, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre here happened here. The thing that it's based on happened here. Or a lot of times the house that it was filmed at is here. <laughs> I would hear all the time. Um, <laughs> none of which are true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like that playground mythos. The house does still that they filmed at does exist. It's like a fucking restaurant now or something. And it's oh, not terrifying. Like, don't eat there. Don't, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> you can um, see the van that those kids were driving in. That's out in Bastrop near the Slaughter Barbecue, I believe is what it's still called. Oh, uh, okay. So if you want to go to Slaughter Barbecue, they've got that. Does it still have that wagon. blood sign on the side? I'm sure it does. You think yeah, that right. means something? You know, at midnight, I hear there's a ghost voice that can be heard saying, You, you sure they're not coming for us? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> And when you turn around to tell him to shut the fuck up, he's gone. <laughs> uh, the lamest, most annoying ghost. Yeah. Shout out to Franklin. You went out. Franklin. <laughs> you went out in a blaze. I'm sorry, buddy. Wait, hold on. Is that what Franklin barbecue is based on? <gasps> oh. <laughs> Conspiracy grows deeper. I think it's interesting, though, that this, like, as a quote based on a true story, um, has more impact in people thinking that it was even to today to some extent. Yeah. Um, that like, I mean, Blair Witch Project, people were really obsessed with at the time, but I kind of think everyone like kind of not somewhat quickly were like, nah, it didn't happen. Like kind of got over it. Uh, whatever the Amityville horror shit that still sticks around, whatever the Warrens are into this week, <laughs> uh, that somewhat has stuck around as supposedly being real. Yeah, except for the the rights for those are very not real. You don't have to have the rights to make an Amityville. Anybody can make a fucking Amityville movie. And right. I, I know that because I watched it. Because he made one. That was, yeah, I made one. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch it, folks. It's bad. Please, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the other thing that I, I kind of thought about when I was watching this was... Uh, it's so prevalent, even when you don't watch a horror movie, that Texas Chainsaw has permeated like just any culture it's not even ours like there's japanese horror games that have um chainsaw like wielding enemies who have like disfigured faces or they have bags on their faces or people's faces on their faces like just that kind of like leatherface is no longer technically like the iconic one and only there's plenty of others that follow and are copycats in a way um and i think that like that's never really, for me, in terms of like other horror movies, people have tried to do it since then. It's almost one of those things where it's like, we found this combination of man plus thing that's so terrifying. <laughs> A man plus chainsaw plus the faces of other people is just horrifying. Let's do, you know, man plus nail gun, man plus safety pin, man plus any of these. These are all real movies with like like murderers who do there's some which fucking movie is it somebody kills everybody with a safety pin it's a giallo they yeah, literally use giallo a gigantic novelty size safety pin to stab people yeah <laughs> and it's just like how bottom of the barrel can we get with something like what are you gonna use a fucking eraser and choke a person and that makes you a serial killer um but like the concept of leatherface has transcended even through yeah. the chainsaws and the entire time i watched it i was like yeah, like there's something deeply unsettling just of like the moment you see him come out and hit that dude in the head. Like I had a jump scare from that, not even just because it's like, oh God, but just because my brain was like, that's a person. No, it's not. Oh fuck. I don't know what that is. And then immediately he just recedes back into the shadows. And I was like, 
that fucking lives with me now. I just can't stop thinking about that terrifying image. Um, yeah. Taps into something primal and it, just, it was just wild. Uh, I've, I, yeah, I've not seen, I think it's also like the cinematography really ramps it up for you. For and so sure. you're like building that tension the whole time to get to that point of like, Oh fuck. Um, yeah. Other horror movies now, I just can't even, uh, I can't think of like a time. I think Ari Aster, you know, we talked about hereditary mm-hmm. and that plays with some of those two where it's like, the the darkness the level of darkness is just enough for your like instinctual senses to try to see if there's somebody in it and that fucks you up psychologically whereas you know what modern texas chainsaw probably the other horror movies that are made by the numbers you know uh conjuring that kind of stuff it's like the score is all that tells you that you're supposed to be scared right and the actual atmosphere is not there none of it is really scary if you look at it that way but I feel like even without the score without whatever the score is for Texas Chainsaw. Oh, sure. It would still be very effective. That shit's really fucking disturbing. (laughs) It is. I would say it's interesting with the Chainsaw. Like, you're right that that became such a horrifying thing from hereafter. Um, And supposedly Hooper was, like, at a store, like a sporting goods store or something, and there was, like, a crazy long line. He, like, looked at the Chainsaw and was like, I could just cut through all the people with the Chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then was like, that'd be a good movie. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it's like that then becomes kind of an iconic thing. You're right, like in video games and comics and of like a chainsaw in the same way that like now you can never see an old hockey mask the same way either. Like that just was the right level of unsettling that then it got put there that then now that's what you see where, yeah, so many other times it just doesn't work. Um, Have y'all seen Mandy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen uh, I've not seen Mandy. Love but, Mandy. There right. is a chainsaw fight, like a sword fight in Mandy with chainsaws, oh. and they're like nine feet long. It's fucking. Oh, yeah, Texas nice. Chainsaw Massacre Two has chainsaw fights. If chainsaw you love fight. those, oh, okay. <laughs> there's plenty more of them. <laughs> as soon as uh, Dennis Hopper came with the chainsaw, I was like, there needs to be a chainsaw. There has to be a chainsaw. Fight. <laughs> I knew there was gonna be, and there was. <laughs> Was did did Giallo kind of invent the um you know the slasher film like was Argento the first one to to do this and then it kind of came to America and and went from there like we're talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a yeah. very influential film but it's clearly pulling from things like Bird with Cl- the Crystal Plumage and uh, Psycho and stuff and kind of combining some influences there yeah there's a few movies before that are kind of where where it starts to go off Psycho is definitely kind of the start i would say of anything that kind of forms into a slasher yeah and there are a couple early it's like bloody sunday i think is what it's called stateside that's kind of what kicked off giallo mm-hmm. um and starts that kind of piece where the, the sort of like you never you just see their hands and they're yeah. in shadow and right all this stuff that kind of like builds up that giallo does uh, a lot of that didn't necessarily make it stateside um to have too much of an effect at the time like mid to late 70s it does but early not on all of the movies per se i do feel like there's a bit here i agree because it this has a bit more of the like visceral level yeah for that sure. also i would say comes from george romero um mm-hmm. because that's actually like and that was another independent film that was a big deal that had much more of the like violentness that you did before this yeah night of the living yeah. dead yeah um and then, fuck is I'm trying to remember where Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Can't Well Camp Sleepaway would have been later. 
There's a, there's a few other around that time. Oh, that sleep, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, that movie is. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of the one that cements the archetype for a slasher movie where you kind of have this villain that's sort of unexplained. You don't really see them. Their face is covered usually. They're sort of just like an embodiment yeah. of horrible. They don't even talk. They're superhuman-ish maybe. Um, you kind of have the teens who are maybe doing something they ought not to or whatever. Um, and yeah, then one girl setting lives. the stage for Halloween and Friday the 13th right. and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I would say like in terms of Giallo influencing it, I don't see this being super influenced by Giallo. I like don't feel that it, it saw that and thought it was what it needed to be because Giallo, while it has like graphic kills, I don't feel like there's a, a whole lot of horror in some of the things that happen there. It's more it's like about more mystery. It's more about the mystery and the thrill. Mm. And this even gets ingested into Juan Peter Simon's or Juan Peter Simone's um, 1982 pieces, which is a giallo film that has a chainsaw wielding black gloved killer who mm. goes around hacking up people at like a college campus. So I guess because of like the killer POV that you get, there's less horror and more like what's going on. Here yeah, because you're too you're, you're too aware of where the killer is at any one point in time. So you're like, oh fuck, it's happening. Like I wonder who this could be, and they they throw that mystery way on here. Whereas this is like that urban legend kind of conjuring aspect of, hey, we're around a campfire. I'm going to tell you about something that you could never stop coming to kill you, uh, or like coming to get you. It's out there. Um, and even, I mean, even the ending, while it's, it's ambiguous for the hero who like gets away, it's also ambiguous for the family that's left behind of like, are they still out there? Like what the fuck's happening? Um, it, they never try to wrap up. They don't do like a CB radio or like any police chatter about yeah, them yeah. being arrested. Yeah. Um, so there's that, that aspect of like, uh, this could fucking happen still. Who knows? I would imagine that the local sheriff knows all about them and it's just like, nope, I'm not he going over there. Yeah. They <laughs> like, have an agreement. I have an agreement. It's just like the Yakuza. <laughs> just done. The, the final shot of Leatherface just like swinging his chainsaw violently in the middle of the street with the sunset in the background. Yeah. It's like such a beautiful shot. And then they just yeah. hard cut to credits to just end the movie. And it's just like a really... You know, it ends, you're on such a high as the movie ends, and it just kind of pulls the rug out from under you, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? It's over now? Yep. And I, I feel like it's a really good way to end the film, because, you know, you're not going to wrap a neat bone. I don't want to see the cops come in and, like, have a, some sort of demise to the villain in this thing. Like, it ends in a perfect way where you're scared out of your mind, you don't know if the one protagonist left is going to make it, and you just get this horrifying shot of the villain super mad flinging just a chainsaw around contrasted with this bizarre... absolutely gorgeous sky behind yep. him with yeah. the setting sun yeah you don't want to see the like long drawn out trial of Leatherface. <laughs> the uh the <laughs> siege like, upon appeals. their house where the fbi is just <laughs> yeah them out yeah the like multiple the appeals <laughs> yeah after Leatherface has written us a, a tell-all book about how he got away with it <laughs> and he's still giving inspirational seminars to this day <laughs> far back as i can remember i always wanted to eat people <laughs> oh man yeah so I just had one more thing. So, so John, I'm curious as a vegan watching this movie, if you had any like particular insights into, 
you know, there, there seems to be, I don't know if it's like active commentary or kind of more passive commentary on, you know, uh, humanity eating meat as a, a life source. And, you know, the, obviously the correlation between people who work in those environments and, you know, the desensitization of violence and what they do in their normal lives is interesting, but there's even like in the, you know, opening scene of the van where that girl's like, I can't believe people eat meat. Like, you know, we shouldn't be doing that. And like, there is, so there, there is like an open statement about it at one point in the movie yeah and to me part of it read more as like we just need something to tie this together i didn't i it's not that i don't have faith that toby hooper had good faith in making some of that dialogue happen but i do feel like in an environment where we're a heavily meat-based uh Mm. culture we really ingest a lot of um we, we kill a lot of chickens and we kill a lot of cows and we ingest a lot of both um that I am more currently like, drinking out of a Popeye's cup. Yeah, so. I mean, hey. Uh, <laughs> and I think that it was really one of those things where, like, when writing it, they were like, what could make people on the fence about these hippies? <laughs> and, like, the cynic in me just says <laughs> that that's kind of the take that was going on. And that beyond that, like... These I, pompous vegans. Yeah, anything, I, like, I see uh, that. Because, like, at one point, she's like, I don't astrology. want to talk about that. And they're like, no, 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 it's much more humane now. You don't hit them with a sledgehammer. You hit them with this gun, and it drills into their brain and kills them immediately. And she's like, well, I still just don't want to talk about it. Sure, I like it. I just don't want to talk about it. Like, that... Claim. One of the female characters does say she's like I can't believe people yeah, eat meat. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, but like I feel like the same one or maybe the other uh, woman says like, well, you can talk. I, I don't really want to talk about it, even if it's more humane to kill them that way. I just feel like we shouldn't talk about it. We should just do it. Like yeah. let's just eat them. Um, but I I do feel like there is you can make the argument for it that it could make you a lot more cognizant of how another animal feels because. Leatherface fucking slugging that dude with a hammer and watching his body spasm out. Yeah, it, like, I felt like I was watching a chicken with its head cut off. Yeah, like yeah. Well, you're, you're doing the same. You're watching that instinctual brain, and I think that's the connecting tissue to like make that leap for you. Like you look into the eyes of another animal and you think about what they're thinking about. And like for me, that was a really intense moment where not only did I see a human die, but it was like, hey, like yeah, we are fucking animals. And there's these cows that have that experience like every day of their life is just being. I, there's a whole movie that was made dedicated to the woman who made killing slaughtering cows more humane. And I thought it was kind of funny because the whole movie is about her being like, these cows are just so scared of being killed. We should make slaughterhouses more comforting to them so they can be killed without knowing it's going to happen. So the meat won't be so yeah, tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and part of that to me, like, and I've seen the trailer for that movie and it's like got an inspirational tone. Oh my God. And I'm just hilarious. like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> this is insane. But at the same time, like I get it. Like you want to eat meat. You want to feel good about it. Like there's only so many steps you can take to. How do we make our concentration it. camps more hospitable? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, yeah, as a vegan, like I, I saw it and I was like, you know, is the Leo DiCaprio meme, the fucking once upon a time in Hollywood, like right there. That's uh, that, I recognize <laughs> it. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, mass audiences see that. And they're like, that's fucked up. That guy killed another human. Like the, the don't bat an eye. Don't think about the uh, close up on the cows that happened earlier or any of that shit. Um, and that's kind of how I took it. So I was like, Hey, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's my takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the movie necessarily goes for like trying to make a point it is it makes a very good, like anti-meat movie. Yeah. Um, as much as like using it as a setting 
Mm-hmm. And then yeah, kind I don't of think that's the main like, purpose hey, of the put, film by yeah, any means. But it's it's clearly there. It's there. It's it's like King Kong. Like you know, King Kong has sure. its own undertone. Yeah, yeah, like to it, and you can interpret. I do it think that, that like the scene with the family with her at the dinner table, like this time watching it, I was very much like viewing it through the lens of like because you do get her POV for a bit when they're like making fun of her, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about like the a human that like doesn't see a pig at a slaughterhouse as Mm. it's equal in any way. Right. That is like joking with his buddies. Right. Like while they're working at the Mm. slaughterhouse, they're like smoking a cigarette, joking with their buddies, whatever, just killing these pigs. Right. Just as like, that's what they do. And even might even be like, Hey dude, can you do it in one swing? Okay. Cause they're so desensitized to it. Right. Um, And I was like, yeah, it was like a good way to give you that feeling of like, what am I looking at? What are these things, these beings? I can't understand. Why are they doing this? Yeah, exactly. It, it is that, you know, after a while, you're just like, you know, you compartmentalize it and you're uh, raised a certain way or you eat a certain way and you just have to think about it this way. And you can change that at any moment, but it's like really your preference and like what you end up doing with that information. And yeah, the movie's not making that stance, but it, it ends up making it regardless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, I thought it was interesting, though. I really liked that aspect of it. Um, but I'm not going to I'm glad that you gave me the form to talk about it because I wasn't going to fucking do it because everybody that I talk to is like, you know how somebody knows you're a vegan, they'll tell you. And I'm like, ah, very funny, like the fifth time, 50th time somebody said that to me. I'm not bitter about it at all. You're you're very uh, outward about your veganism, though. Not really. Yeah, yeah I, I try not to be because it, people make you feel like mm. a dick for no reason right now. For me, anyway, people are like, I oh, wanted that like. I saw one of my good buddies recently and I just brought this up so everyone would know you're a dick. I I appreciate you doing that. (laughs) Let people know that (laughs) vegan is synonymous with being a dick. (laughs) But yeah, I was, I was just out visiting a buddy of mine and he was like, man, uh, he was cooking a whole chicken in the kitchen and I was just talking to him casually. And he was like, I feel really bad right now, but he kept doing it. And I was just, (laughs) I was like, why would you bring it up? I don't care. It was like talking to somebody. I talked to somebody from the writer's guild during the strike. Thankfully, you know, the writer's guild has found their resolution, but the actor's guild fucking fight on. Um, and that person was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I've got, you know, the next few weeks to just do nothing. And I was like, Oh, what's going on with your job? And they're like, I'm in the writer's guild. I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not a fucking scab. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's just one of those things where I was like, ah, yeah, I freaking forgot about it. Totally. Um, but yeah, those conversations, I'm, I appreciate you uh, uh, opening it up and, and asking my perspective about it. So thank you. You're welcome, John. I was legitimately curious to hear, hear your thoughts on that. So Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I still continue to watch the rest of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. And uh, <laughs> I, I was looking for the same through line and it was not there so yep. uh, you know yep. i would imagine the majority of schlocktober movies that you watch have some sort of insane animal killing on screen ah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they do that one's definitely on the bingo card that yep. one unnecessary nudity um yeah let's we can we can go around and wrap up their thoughts on uh whether we would recommend it or not uh i'll kick it off and say yes i would recommend it Um, I think it is still unsettling just the way the movie was made. It feels unsettling. Um, I don't think it gets to where like modern horror movies would desensitize you to it. I think anyone that would watch this would be like, 
this is fucked up. This is weird. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think it's worth watching. If you watch yeah, yeah. this movie and didn't think Felt it was nothing. fucked up and weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, when's the nun two coming out? I want to watch something good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, 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 like the history, the place it has in the movie genre, like what it does for independent movies, what it did to horror movies. Like there's a lot to watch for that as well. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a thumbs up, John. Um, yeah, I would recommend this movie as well. Uh, I avoided this movie for a good majority of my life because I just, I saw trailers uh, of any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I want to see somebody getting cut up into these pieces. That was the other thing that I actually real quick sidebar here is the, the real fear. I feel like between Giallo and, and the slasher sort of movie is in most Giallos, the deaths are either unconventional, you know, you have Tenebrae's weird fucking deaths. Or it's like somebody gets stabbed several times or is killed with an object and the object is never shown or that kind of thing. A chainsaw, when you watch a chainsaw cut into a tree, you can see all of the different animals that that chainsaw could also cut into bit by bit. And that's fucking horrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, The amount of damage, but slow damage that it could do, I think is what makes that instinctual. Huh? Fuck. I don't want that like at all. And so uh, just always leading up to us watching it for this. I did not want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was not a fan of it. I also did not know if somehow, some way, this was just some pop culture snuff film that made it in. <laughs> and I was like watching it. I'm like, thank God there's no snuff in this stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, I've seen one too many cannibal holocausts in my day. <laughs> I don't need to see more practical effects, uh, brought on by eager volunteers, uh, or begrudging volunteers. So, uh, I'd recommend it. I think that it is, while it is an unsettling and horrific watch it is a safe recovery mentally afterwards. Whereas things like cannibal Holocaust will fuck you up for a really long time. Don't do yeah, that. No. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so yeah, I, I would, uh, Dixon. Yeah. Um, it's fucking wild that you can just like walk into a Home Depot and buy a chainsaw. Like, <laughs> you don't need a background check. No, no background <laughs> check, no license, no class, no safety class, no nothing. You just buy one. Fucking wild. Uh, that's not a commentary about anything else in our society. Just just talking about chainsaws. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely recommend Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, again, like I said, there's a lot of shit that's really bad in it, but there's a lot of shit that's really good, and the good stuff is definitely worth the bad stuff. You know. Just grit and bear it through the first, you know, half of the movie and the second half of the movie you're going to really enjoy. Um, So, yeah, I I think it's definitely worth watching, especially just given how influential it is and, you know, what it has become in the cultural zeitgeist. Um, You should definitely check it out. Cool. All right. Uh, On Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, John. Yeah, I would recommend. That's a that's a good that's a solid look. Okay, if you're gonna watch it, just know it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, but you'll still have a fucking great time. There's a reason it was remastered in 4K. Like, <laughs> just a, a different treasure. Is altogether. it because Vinegar Syndrome had nothing better to do? Yeah, probably that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm also a thumbs up on Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. It was it was also a wild ride in a completely different way um, that I enjoyed. I'm not entirely sure on like multiple watchings, uh, but it is one of those like canon movies where you just fucking sit back and you you, you laugh for horrible reasons. <laughs> You're confused <laughs> yes. at times, and uh, it just all around is a is a bizarre take. That'll wrap us up. That is three recommends all the way around for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I have been your host Ryan King. Joining me today, 
John Garcia, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2 both really rev my engine. You know, it's just... There you go. Boo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that That's what we've got. These are the jokes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, everybody. John wrote that you made one it this far. He had it on a note card. <laughs> Shut up. I did not. <laughs> yeah, and also... Michael Dixon, thanks as always for putting up with our bullshit. Hey there, movie buffs, TV toughs, and all listeners in between. John here from the Afterthoughts Podcast. I just wanted to drop in at the end of this episode and say thanks for listening. If you've got afterthoughts of your own to share, hit us up. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Afterpod, or jump into a conversation on our Discord server. You can find info for this and more at theafterpod.transistor.fm. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.